very quickly, because I know a lot of you have been out for the summer, some of you are back for the first time, and uh, we'll probably have some more next week as well. But I've been doing a, a series this summer uh, called uh, Joy. We call it the Joy Series. It comes from the New Testament book of Philippians. Now, New Testament book of Philippians is really just an epistle, a letter written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, what's really weird about this, if you don't know much about the background of this, it's really, to me, I, I, I love this particular New Testament book, the epistle, letter, whatever you want to call it, because it was written by Paul. His theme is clearly joy, be joyful, rejoice, so forth, be happy, uh, and yet he's writing it under, under arrest. He's in Rome writing this letter to this little church, Philippi, uh, in what we now would call modern-day Greece. And, um, and he's writing this saying, hey, be joyful. And he's writing this. He's not, under, he's like a, not in a dungeon. He's under house arrest, meaning he probably has some little tenement or something he's in, but literally chained to what they call the Praetorian Guard. One guard at a time would be chained to him so he couldn't run off. And he was, was going to be tried for something he didn't do and, and so forth. So he's writing about joy under those circumstances. I'd be, I'd be writing about, you know, anti-government or, or you know, the, the emperor stinks or, or my life sucks. I mean, my life stinks, whatever it might be, but it would be, I don't know if I'd be writing about joy or not. That's why he was so great. Um, so we, that's what he's talking about. We're talking about from different avenues. And then Charlie already told you today, we're talking about joy and strength. How does that work? I'm going to show you how that works. And I want to jump right into this. We've talked about joy, having joy in community, and joy in selflessness, joy with imperfections, joy in peace of mind. But today we're talking about joy and strength. What does that mean? I want to take you to a passage. Now, this, if you have, if you have much, if you don't, don't worry about it. But if you have a background in church, maybe you've heard this verse before, okay? And if you're a football fan, I know you've heard this verse before. You're going to say, what? You'll see what I mean in just a minute. Um, it comes, as I said, Philippians chapter 4. I just want to read you the passage we're going to talk about. And uh, just follow along with me. This is, this is an amazing passage. This is an amazing concept. And if we can get this down, we're going to be pretty, we're going to be pretty amazing people. We really are. And uh, it's not something you're going to get down overnight either, but it's, and, and, and all the time, but it's, it, it's something you need to really think through. So watch this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Just as he, 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 start, he just says he has just thanked these people in this little church of Philippi for sending him gifts because of his, he, can't, he can't make a living at this point in time. He worked with his hands, a tent maker. And, uh, and so he's thanking them for the gifts they sent him, which would be money and, and food and things like that. And so here's what he says. I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Watch this. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now that's, if, and I'm not, if you have a background in churches like I did as a kid, that's one of those verses in, in, that, that you memorize when you really went. It's one of the verses that, frankly, some of the kids that are here today, um, um, over, the, over a period of time, will learn. They'll hear about Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They, it's the kind of verse sometimes you see on a refrigerator or whatever, um, if you do that sort of thing. It's kind of funny. It's, it, I say if you're a football fan. A few years ago, Tim Tebow, quarterback for the Florida Gators, the nemesis of the great Alabama Crimson Tide. Anyway, um, sorry, I just had to say that. Um, he was, he was, uh, he had, and they, they, they've since outlawed it, but he had 
uh, on his eye black, so you can see, you, can see the, you know, you don't get blinded by the, by the glare so much, he would have 413, right there, 413 on his eye black. And um, I don't know if you remember, he had several games, he had a couple of big games. So if you watched college football, you saw that. And a, and a buddy of mine, during the game, called me, and he said, hey, Rich, what's 413? Yeah, I knew what he was doing. You know, some people just Google it, he calls me. But... Um, so, so I said, Philippians, that's Philippians 4.13. It means, it means 4.13 means Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's like, oh, wow. You're really good, Rich. I said, not really. <laughs> You're just that bad, dude. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's one of those things, if you were raised in certain kinds of churches, you, you know this verse. What you don't always know, what a lot of people don't realize is the, is the context of the verse that it comes in the context of, I mean, read it. Whether I have a lot or whether I have a little. <laughs> whether I have almost nothing or everything. I've learned the secret in living in every situation. I, wanted, I want you just to think about what the verses mean for a moment and unpack those a little bit, and then I want to make some applications for all of us. Um, I want to read from, it's very brief, three sentences from, a, from a, two different commentaries. Um, and I know I don't seem like the type, but I do enjoy reading commentaries. It's some of the things I do sometimes at nighttime for my insomnia. But um, from, the, from one commentary, it goes like this. The word content. Remember back where he says, I have learned how to be content? You go to the original. The word content means self-sufficient. The Stoics use this word, which occurs only here in the New Testament, to mean human self-reliance and fortitude, a calm acceptance of life's pressures. And the apostle used it to refer to a divinely bestowed sufficiency, whatever the circumstances. So he takes this word in the Greek that's not used anywhere else in the New Testament, and he says, I've learned this thing of being content, a word that the Stoics would use as self-sufficiency. And he says, I've learned that, but not through self-sufficiency, but through sufficiency of my Creator, Christ, which is just, just amazing. One other commentary. This is, this is pretty good stuff, too. All of nature depends on hidden resources. The great trees send their roots down to the earth to draw up water and minerals. We obviously saw some of those great trees this week laying on the side. Uh, rivers have their sources in the snow-capped mountains. The most important part of a tree is the part you cannot see, the root system. And the most important part of the Christian's life is the part that only God sees. Unless we draw on deep resources of God by faith, we fail against the pressures of life. He's saying we've got to have a deep-rooted system. Now, this week, we've seen some trees, and we've seen some roots, a lot of roots. Some of them may be big, but they weren't big enough roots, or the trees wouldn't have fallen unless they were dead or something. Uh, and, and I think that that's a great analogy for us to think, my roots have to go deep. They have to go deep in my faith and in, my, in a grounded relationship, connection with Christ, my God, and my Creator. They've got to go deep or I'm going to fail, you know? Um, you know, it should not be a surprise. It should not be a surprise that one of the hardest things in the course of a 24-hour period uh, is simply not letting the change of circumstances change my mood or my behavior, um, and the, and the circumstances are inevitable. They're going to change. It's, going to, it's inevitable that they're going to change. And, you know, when you think about that fact that if I'm going to be, if my mood or my, 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 my well-being or my joy or lack thereof is dependent upon what's going on around me, 
I'm in deep doo-doo. I mean, I mean they're gonna, things are going to change. It's just going to happen. I got a friend tell me, we're playing golf yesterday. He said, oh, tweets, I got to tell you, he calls me tweets. He either calls me tweets or reverend, okay? And, and sometimes, okay, reverend, you got to make that putt. It's usually like that. Oh, I to go tweets. Anyway, my friend says to me, you won't believe what happened to me in the last week. And I said, well, I know two things that happened, you know. Yeah, he says, I had you know, the earthquake and then the hurricane. He says, what you don't know is somebody almost hit me in a car coming back, just a little, little jaunt to, to, to where, where, where we both play golf. He said, because it, it almost hit me. You know, they would have severely damaged me or killed me. He said, so like, hey, I mean, I'm like, you know, I said, he says, in the course of all, and that's, that's true, it's just in the course of, it may not be a hurricane and an earthquake and a wreck, it could be just something else. Boom, things change, just like that. What are you going to do with that? How, how, how's that going to work for you? You know, and those, those are the kind of things that can bomb us out from time to time, particularly if it's real, if it happens, not just almost happen, but if it does happen. Then what do we do? You know, um, it is the person of depth, unshaken, unwavering, in the face of the daily stresses of life and the bombs, the daily bombs uh, that often get thrown into our path. It is that person who's got depth and it doesn't move them. And, and, and there can be bombs of all kinds. Everything from something, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it like this, and, and some of you will disagree with me, that's okay. Something as simple maybe as a deal that, that didn't go through that you were really counting on. had another guy tell me the other day um, on the golf course, it's my office, and, and, uh, and, and he said, I need you to pray for something. And I said, sure, what is it? He said, I, need you. I got a deal, I got a big deal. And I, I really needed to come through. And he asked me, he says, can you pray for that? I said, you bet you can pray for that. There are, I don't know if you know, there are people, maybe you're one of them, who say, oh, I never pray for a deal. Why not? I, 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 there's no guarantee. I'm not get, saying that's a guarantee, but there's nothing wrong with praying for it. And I knew a little bit of the background. I can't tell you a whole lot of the stuff right now, obviously, just because of the nature of it. But, but I knew a little bit of the background, some of the players, because, because he had told me some other stuff in confidence before. And this is going on, this is going on. I said, I can pray. And I tell you, when I pray... And I thought about the next day, and I was in my time of prayer, and I was praying for, for that deal, and I said, you know, God, help so-and-so to help, help that to come through for him. And, and Lord, and this is how I pray. I take my example from David in the Old Testament. Dave, Dave, I said, Lord, help those other guys. And I know, I, I know a little bit about them. Help them to look like fools when they get in there. Help, help them not just to get the deal, but everybody else to look like dummies. You know, you say, Rich, that's not very nice. Go read David's prayers. He, got, he prayed for God to kill some people. You know, I'm, I don't usually pray that, usually. But um, um, so anyway, but this thing was just going to be a big bomb to him if it didn't happen. It's still not, we're still not sure. At livelihood, things like that, you know. And, and so, so we have these curveballs, these bombs of life that can happen, some little, some big. You may look at it and say, that's not very big to me. It might be very big to him. We call them curveballs sometimes. You know, I, life threw me a curveball. I don't know if you know what that means. If, you don't, if you've never played baseball, I can tell you about the first time I, had, I ever saw a curveball. Never could hit a curveball. Never could hit a curveball. First, first time I tried to hit a curveball, I, I, uh, I was a freshman in high school. It kept, this ball was coming right at me. I'm up here, you ready? You know, coming right at me. I hit the dirt. And the ball goes, strike. That's embarrassing. Let me just tell you, that's embarrassing. Sometimes, though, those curveballs don't look like they're coming at you, and they do, and they hit and knock the, knock the heck out of you. Um, those are the curveballs that hurt in life, aren't they? You never saw that one coming. You've got to learn how to handle them. There's a secret. There's a secret? There's a secret, according to the Apostle Paul. 
There's a secret. Let me talk a minute about this person, whoever he or she might be, that has this depth and that can handle these curveballs or these bombs or whatever they're... Let me talk to you. Just three or four things I just want to get you to think about. I wrote them down so you can just listen real carefully. This is the person that can fight through rush hour traffic, whether on a train or roads, and remains, remains the same person, isn't affected by all the stuff that can happen on those, on those uh, sometimes challenging times. This is, the, this is the person who, in a first-person way, maybe you've experienced this, often lives in the wake of some self-indulgent, self-absorbed dirtball and doesn't let him pull them down or she pull them down to ruin his day. You have somebody like that in your life sometimes? Just a self-absorbed dirtball. And it seems as though their sole goal in life is just to pull you down. And sometimes they win by doing that. The person who's strong you know, deals with that. It might be a boss, it might be a mate, it might be a, a parent or a kid or a close friend or whatever. It's one of those relationships that you just really probably can't get out of for, for various reasons. Okay, this person still remains unchanged in spite of the, the causticness and the obnoxiousness of this other self-absorbed jerk. Um, this is the lady that's balancing a couple of kids or more. Sometimes they're annoying. Kids are like that sometimes, you know. Charlene and I were driving somewhere the other day, and we, had, and we keep two things in, our, in, our, in her car in the back of it, which is for our two grandkids, to, if we're going somewhere that we can take them. And to get these things out of here, I mean, we didn't have this when our kids were small. To get all, this, all these buckles undone and all, it's just a pain in the, it's just a real pain in the neck, you know. And, uh, and I was like, it was a really hot day, and I, was, I said, oh, man, I got to get this stuff out of here. Yeah, she says, you got to get this stuff out of here. Dad, stinking kids. Who wants them? Why do we even have them? You know, I'm just in that kind of a mood, you know. I don't really believe that. I was just, just messing around. Anyway, they can be annoying sometimes, right? Especially at certain ages, but we love them. That's just how it works. But this is, this is the lady that's balancing a couple of kids, sometimes annoying, answering emails, phones, and texting. Maybe she works. Maybe she's a stay-at-home mom but has a whole bag of household chores and projects that she has to get done, and she still remains the same. That's this person of depth. This is, this, is the, this is the person with total chaos going on in their lives. They're busy as heck. They hardly have a moment when they aren't doing what, or are thinking what they should be doing. And then something even more disruptive happens in their life, something like a hurricane maybe, you know? And all of a sudden, you know, it's even worse. And you got water here, and you got this going on, and you got trees down, and you got. This person remains the same in spite of all that. I have a good friend I talked to all this week because they, they are one of those who did not have power all week and didn't get it back till last night around six. And I kept asking him, I talked to him several times this week, are you guys doing okay? Yeah, we're doing. I said, are you, are you, are you, are you grumpy? Are you irritated? I know, we're doing fine. Handled it well. I thought, oh, that's great. Some, some of you, maybe, some people didn't. Some people got all, you know, jacked out of shape and so forth. Um, the, this person has some depth, doesn't let that kind of stuff, yeah, it's an inconvenience. But I'm not going to let that affect my mood. This is the person that is bombarded with the images, all the images of the stuff that, that, that we, we, we're told we have to have. 
in order to make our life more, more fun and more enjoyable. All the stuff that we see on TV and all the advertising, we've got to have this. This is the person that has, and that's all of us, that's bombarded with all that and yet remains happy with what they have. That's what this person is, this, this, this kind of depth we're talking about. All right? By the way, you know what Socrates said about that? Socrates, love this quote. He who is not contented with what he has would not be contented with what he would like to have. Think about that. There's a lot of truth to that. By the way, that was in the Bible long before Socrates wrote that. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote, Enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. This was the richest guy in the world at the time. He knows. So what's the secret? What's the secret of, of, of living in every situation, whether it's with a lot or whether it's with a little or nothing, and being content? What's the secret? One of my favorite senators knows the secret. See, who's your favorite senator? A guy named Seneca. I've, used, I've, I've quoted him before. Actually, I got turned on to Seneca. His name, by the way, is uh, Lucius Ananias Seneca, often known as Seneca or Seneca the Younger. Lived in uh, 4 B.C. through 65 A.D. He was a senator in Rome, among other things. I got turned on to him because I was, I, had, I was reading something about George Washington, and George Washington mentioned that he was saying, you should, you should read the ancients. And one of his favorite, he said, he wrote one of his favorite ancients was Seneca, Senator Seneca from the Roman Empire. So that kind of turned me on. I've been ever since reading about and reading stuff of Seneca, and quite a guy. Listen, listen to what he says. If you see a man unterrified in the midst of dangers, untouched by desires, happy in adversity, peaceful amid the storm, will you not say a divine power has descended upon this man? Seneca knew that. Say, was Seneca a person of faith? Questionable. Uh, there's some historians that say he was. That was about during the time of Christ, shortly after. Um, so um, we don't know for sure, but he sure did have that one nailed down. He knew the secret. Man unterrified in the midst of danger, untouched by desires, happy in adversity, peaceful amid the storm. Will you not say a divine power has descended upon this man? See, what's the secret? Well, contentment, joy, happiness doesn't come through circumstances, does it? Because circumstances are always changing. They're always changing. Today. You have, you have your plans for today. I'll bet you they're going to change at some point because of this or before, because of it. Hopefully it's not anything drastic. But, but you know, it just, it, that's, if, if, you're, if, if, if my, my happiness and my joy is going to be dependent upon my circumstances, I am just, I'm in deep weeds. I mean, that's, just, that's all there is to it. Uh, so it doesn't come through circumstances, it doesn't come through relationships, you say, well, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that, Rich, because you talk about how important relationships are. I do believe that. But you know how relationships are. You're friends with somebody in high school, and you say, we're never going to, we're always going to be best friends. And some of you have been able to hold on to that, and that's great. Many of us haven't, particularly if you move a few times. And you have your friends, and, 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 and you know, I have, I've spent 18 years in Vail, Colorado and dear friends, still dear friends, but we, we don't see and we don't talk as much as we used to. That's just life. Nobody's mad at each other. It's just life. You have new friends, you know? I have a friend, <laughs> I have a friend who says, I'm not making any new friends until somebody dies. 
<laughs> I said, oh, so you got a list? This is it? <laughs> but uh, sometimes we operate that way. Um, but you know what happens sometimes in relationships? Sometimes people move. Sometimes people change. Sometimes people die. And, and that relationship is no longer there. And, and, and if my fulfillment is, and my happiness is dependent upon that person or persons, wow, I'm in trouble. And the other one, of course, is stuff. Contentment, joy, happiness doesn't come through circumstances, relationships, or stuff. What happens to stuff? Well, I think we all know what happens to stuff. Either, either it gets old and rots away and is no longer useful, or we get tired of it, right? I've had a few new cars in my life. My kids counted them up one year over. It was a very painful thing. My kids started counting up the cars I had had over the years just since they had known me. I don't know what number. They were just trying to prove what a materialistic, you know, jerk I am. They didn't have to do that. I told them that anyway. But um, I remember many times getting a new car. Now, oh, this is it, man. This is it. You've done it, haven't you? Especially if you're a car guy. And then, I don't know, somewhere around six months or nine months or a year, you're like, oh, man. Why doesn't, why doesn't this car do this? Or why doesn't a woman pop out of the back and give me a massage? Or why doesn't something else happen? I mean, what, there's some new fancy thing here that's supposed to be happening and it's not happening. It gets old. And then somebody comes out with some other thing. You're like, oh, my gosh. I had a convertible. I said, oh, and then that, you know, the hard top. A hard top convertible. But I'm happy. I don't need anything else. I'm done. Anyway, um, I don't want to be held to that either. We all know that doesn't fulfill because we can lose it. Or it may just not be there anymore. Listen, contentment, joy, happiness doesn't come through circumstances, relationships, or stuff. Fulfillment in life, get this and get this good. Fulfillment in life can only come through an ongoing connection with the one who created you. That's the only way. The Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. That's he created you for the purpose of having a relationship, a connection with him. And that's the only way you're going to find fulfillment. That doesn't mean that you're always going to be fulfilled 24-7. You still have your struggles during that period of time. But that's what the gospel is. When we understand I'm broken. Oh, and by the way, everybody else is too. And the world's broken. That's why Jesus came, to a broken world for broken people like me who desperately need forgiveness and purpose and fulfillment that can only come through that ongoing connection with my Creator. You come to faith at some point in your life where you say maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's clear when that happened, maybe it's over time, a process. Uh, you come to at some point we say, Lord, I, I believe, I believe you, you came and, and died and, and rose again and did that for me. I want to trust you right here. Maybe that's something you went through mentally. Maybe that's something you prayed. Maybe you you prayed that with a pastor or a priest or something somewhere along the way. Uh, Maybe just a conclusion you came to, or maybe you're still thinking about it. That's great. This is a great place to to, to think about that. But that's why when, when, when the apostle says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, I can't be content in whatever my circumstances are. I can't be content with whatever's going on around me until I come to understand There is a God in heaven, Jesus Christ, and he loves me beyond anything that I can possibly imagine, and he wants to give me fulfillment, joy, and happiness. 
I'm a human. I live in a broken world. I won't have it all the time, but it's sure a whole lot better than anything second place. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's, that's, that's the gospel, folks. That's what it means to be a, a person of faith in Christ. This ongoing connection, relationship, whatever you want to call it, with the one who created you. That's why we can look at some of the tragedies of life. And this is just a great message leading up to next week as we're going to get even more uh, obvious. It's going to be a very difficult Sunday for, 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 for many of us for, because of, as, we, as we remember and so forth. But that's when you stop and you think through this thing, I, I, I can deal with this when I understand there's a God in heaven who, who, who's going to help me. And sometimes part of that journey of faith, I'll do it, I do it sometimes a hundred times a day. Lord, I'm, you know, I need help here. I'm not, I'm not doing very well. Maybe my mind is going places that it shouldn't go. Maybe I'm just getting bombed out over, over little curveballs that shouldn't bother me. Maybe they're big ones. That's all a judgment call. But, Lord, I need some help here. And you, know, it's just, you don't have to go, you know, over into the woods and get out on your knees. You can just as you're walking around say, God, I'm just looking, for, looking for some help here. He's there. He's there. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Let me read to you one last thing from the Gospel of Matthew. And this is Jesus' words. This is in the message paraphrase translation. So it's, it's kind of in modern language. If you've never read the message, we have some back there in the resource center. They're great. It's a great Bible to read because it's real, real easy to understand. Look what, look what Jesus says here, Matthew chapter 6. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That's pretty good. <laughs> the words of Jesus, pretty hard to improve on that, isn't it? It's amazing. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, and God provisions, and don't worry about missing out. May God give us the ability to take that, allow it to just sink into our brains and our hearts, and live like that. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so grateful for your love and for your grace in all of our lives. I pray for each person here, and, and, and I, know, I know of some who are dealing with some very hard things right now. I, I don't know everyone, what everyone's dealing with, but I know there are also some who, who, who nobody else knows who's also dealing with some very, very challenging stuff. God, I pray that you'd be real to them and in their lives and in their hearts right now. Give them the strength that they need. Give them the reminder that through, through, <laughs> through Christ, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Help them to remember that. Help us all to remember that. Maybe we're in a good spot right now. Help us the next time we turn that corner and somebody is there and it's very unpleasant, maybe tragic, maybe borderline tragic. Give us an ability to understand that whatever it is, I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. 
We thank you for that, and we thank you for your love and for your grace in all of our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.